Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for your patience. We're really, 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 really sorry. Well, I especially am sorry since it's my job to edit the podcast and I screwed up. But we're back. We're back. I know some of you guys, you guys have hit us up like, so when is BA coming back? And I'm like, we're back. (laughs) We're really glad that you love the show, but please don't hate us too much for (laughs) putting it up late. Just look at this way. You have a nice little Friday treat. Exactly. So let's kick off the show. Um, I saw something crazy today that I, I had to talk. I'm kind of glad that we had a couple days, like we had this delay because now we can talk about this craziness. There's this article on popsugar.com, like this kind of thing, entertainment blog, and they compared Kylie Jenner, who has not one drop of Latina, Latina blood, blood in her, <laughs> to the, the headline was like, Kylie Jenner is basically every, um, a mix of all your favorite Latina celebrities. And, mm. they, and like there was a, they, they basically just took like screen, like screenshots of her Instagram account where she takes pictures of like, here's Kylie Jenner showing off her naked butt. Isn't she like JLo? Mm. Here's Kylie Jenner wearing like a, a throwback eighties outfit. Isn't she like Selena? And let me tell you, like, you think black Twitter is bad? Like Hispanic what? Twitter <laughs> went after them. Oh, yes, as, as they should. That's so funny. I didn't even know there was Hispanic Twitter, but that's right. Get them. They, they exist. This is a thing. Like, I mean, this is this came the same week. Was it when were the Golden Globes announced? Was that last week or this week? I forget. It's been a long week. But um, during the Golden Globes, my my like celebrity crush, America Ferreira, uh-huh. I love her. Yeah, she so she was announcing the nominations on camera and some people, some media outlets, some major ones were tweeting like, Oh look, it's Gina Rodriguez announcing the Golden Globes. Gina yeah. Rodriguez is a whole different person. Yes. But another Latina. And I guess they were just mixing them up, which is just like embarrassing for it is for me very, in general. <laughs> that so is always very embarrassing. <laughs> I can't even apologize on their behalf because I don't know like how they just all look alike there's only like one or two so you got 50 50 chance of getting them right that's how they and feel i'm just reading some of the tweets right now i'm like ooh, they're like uh kylie jenner comparing kylie jenner to a strong beautiful natural latina is a bit insulting thumbs down yeah and it's just sort of like it, some people are saying it's just more about cultural another example of cultural appropriation like just because she got butt implants and she has big old lip injections. And she, she has, like, these stereotypical Latina or even black features mm-hmm. that well, she now. can now claim. But, she, you know, per, she's not claiming it. It's not like Kylie Jenner said that she's, like, a Latina. It's really Pop Sugar's situation. Yeah. 
And so they took that mess down real quick. Yeah, real quick. They're like, ah, you know, that's the thing I kind of like about social media these days. It's like a good thing and a bad thing, but that like when something is not right, that people can hold you to task. Because before it used to be like, whatever, you can't do anything about it. Now people Mm -hmm. are like, oh, really? Let me, let me get, let me talk to Twitter real quick (laughs) and see if we can't make you guys realize you're wrong. That's, That's my good. favorite way to get customer service now. I've gotten, yes. Like I've complained about airlines and mm-hmm. uh, even my meal service that I use, like my plated, I complain on Twitter and they're like, oh my God, we'll get to you right away. It's so much faster than like calling 800 it numbers. Is. Like I was at a, when I was in um, Barbados um, and somebody of you guys hit me up like saying, oh, I heard you're going to be in Barbados. Thanks BA uh, listeners. Um, and so I flew JetBlue, which I actually really liked. I haven't flown JetBlue in a long time. And so it was like really roomy, loved it. Um, I had to check a bag, which was 20 bucks if you checked it online, which I did. And then when I was in Barbados, I tried to check the bag coming back, couldn't do it online. I was like, no worries, I'll do it at the kiosk. Tried to do it at the kiosk. I literally hit up every single kiosk. Mm. And because it costs more money if you do it at the desk. So they all were not working. They kept freezing. Um, and so I went to the counter and was like, Hey, my bag, it won't let me, uh, you know, check my bag. And they still charge me the extra nine bucks. And I was pissed. So JetBlue, you have a tweet coming, but I was just like, ah, but that's how I get my customer service as well. I'm like, let me send a quick little tweet. (laughs) Like, uh, JetBlue. So I like how. (laughs) That is a pro tip. Definitely complain on social media. Yes. Well, here's something that no one's complaining about. Ava DuVernay's Barbie doll. Yes. Sold so out pretty. sold out in like lickety split seconds. Yes. Isn't that amazing? Like can you imagine? I've never I can't imagine any other brown Barbie dolls ever sold out like that. I and know. To, to have it be a director and not like a model. Yeah. Not, not a Tyra Banks or not nothing against Tyra. We know. Yeah, but I know what you, you mean. mean. Like she's known although Ava DuVernay is beautiful, that's not what what she's known for. That's not why she's celebrated. She's celebrated because of her craft and her skill. And, you know, you know, no knock against beautiful women. Obviously, that's awesome. But it's just that like, wow, okay, this woman is being celebrated and you can look up to her because she's this self-taught director, which I think is amazing. I think, yeah, well, young girls need to know that you can be beautiful, but that's not all you have to offer. And and if you're not traditionally or whatever, the way that, you know, mainstream media, what they consider to be beautiful, then you can look at this Barbie and say, well, that's not all that any woman has to offer. And that there's talent and you know, imagination and, and skill that you can offer. I thought it was awesome. She actually did like one of my, one of my favorite like motivational video, um, videos. It's her speaking, I think like to, a, I don't know if it was a school, um, of like, but it was directors, um, like young directors, up and coming directors. And she talks about something called like her smelly coat. And really she just says that like, you know, when you're really, really desperate, so, yes, she definitely calls it a smelly coat. And it, her talk is called Take That Smelly Coat Off of De- Take That Smelly Coat of Desperation Off. And it's just such a dope. Um, it's just such a dope. Oh, it's just such a dope. <laughs> dope. Um, uh, just like talk that she's done. And what I like most about it is she talks about how when she first started out, she was kind of reaching out to everyone and like begging everyone to help. And it was like wearing this stinky, smelly coat and it offended people that people don't want to help you if you're not willing to help yourself. And once she took off that coat of desperation and decided to do it anyway, then that's when people started coming to her and she started attracting like the things that she wanted. So if you get a chance, you need a little like motivation, Google Ava DuVernay, smelly coat, 
episode and watch. It's like maybe like 10 minutes. Watch this talk. It's amazing. That's like fake it till you make it. Yeah. Like even if you're nervous or even if you are desperate, you just have to walk in like you already got the job. Yeah. Or at the very least, just just do it. That's one thing. We live in such an amazing age in that like you might say, oh, I really want to be on TV. No one wants to put you on TV. Hello, YouTube is free. Or I really want to be a writer, but you can't get into a magazine. Start a blog. So it's like there are micro ways that you can do macro things, you know. Definitely. And so, you know, if you do such a good job, sometimes what happens is you draw such an audience that those those larger outlets that you want to be a part of start coming to you. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Or if you want to start a podcast, just do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do it. <laughs> Google your way through like Mandy. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, you know what we need to talk about? Um, hashtag stay mad, Abby. Ooh, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. This one gave me such a giggle. I love brown people. They're so clever. They are. Let's do the recap. So basically, this is about the Supreme Court case. Mm-hmm. Um, Abigail Fisher is a white college student um, from Texas who's suing the University of Texas um, over claims that she was denied admission to the school based on the fact that she's not white. Mm-hmm. And she's referring to this program called Top 10, where UT, um, for 10% of, I forget how exactly how it works, but like for 10% of new admissions, they factor in race as one of the factors of, of admission. Um, so she sued them like seven years ago, and this court case is now in the Supreme Court. And uh, it's been hilarious, people's reaction on social media. Yes. And so people have been sharing, like uh, brown folks have been sharing themselves in their cap and gown or like listing all of their amazing degrees and hashtag stay mad, Abby, which has been hilarious. One of my favorites is like this young girl um, leaning over a banister in her in her gown from graduation. And she says, and I guess this is, she's actually attending or graduated from the same school that Abby wanted to get into. And she references this Chris Brown, look at me now, um, song where he says, how y'all so mad? You can't even get into the club. You still outside. And so that's the song. So she says like under the caption, how you mad, but you can't even get into the university. You still outside. And it just (laughs) had me giggling. I was like, oh, look at me now, Abby. Do you know what's truly insane, though, is the fact that someone pointed out in early, because this has been through many lower courts already, Mm -hmm. and somebody found out that her SAT scores and her GPA, even if she had been black, she wouldn't have gotten into the school. Which is crazy. Why are we discussing this at the Supreme Court level? And it's given way to so much other crap, like Justice Antonin Scalia said some really stupid stuff. He was like... Um, and somehow in the, in the first day of oral arguments, which was last week, he was responding to the, um, to Abby's attorney or I forget which attorney he was responding to, but he basically said in a nutshell, you know, wouldn't it be better in some cases if, you know, black kids went to lesser schools so that they Mm. didn't feel so challenged by the material and that they, you know, wouldn't be so intimidated. I mean, those weren't his exact words, but that was the sentiment behind it. Yeah. Just like such, I'm like, great. This is a Supreme Court justice. A Supreme Court justice. Who, by the way, has their job for eternity. Like, for eternity. So let's hope day. eternity comes quick for him. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, so people are serving him up too. Yeah. I, and it just makes you just so like, wow, this is supposed to be the unbiased law of the land, the voice of like law in our country. And this guy's basically saying that like people of color can't possibly keep up at, uh, at, at these Ivy League schools. And so that's just I so... even expect anything out of them. Just, you yeah. know, they'll never keep up. This is what I'm talking about when we talk about, like, 
when people when 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 black people brown people talk about having to work twice as hard to prove Mm -hmm. themselves like this is what we're talking about because someone's thinking you only got that job because you're black exactly or someone's thinking like "Mm, if you you probably can't even keep up with this like we have low expectations of what you're capable of you know when you walk in a room yeah and and then add on top of that being a woman and life is amazing <laughs> Whatever. Some of the smartest people I um, I went to uh, I went to UGA University of Georgia down south. Like, hey, bulldogs. Seven percent. I think seven percent or less black students, but like the smartest people on campus for the black women. I swear to God. And they're yeah. like, I don't know one black student from UGA who was not off doing amazing things right now. I don't know one. I can't think of one. Mm-hmm. And it was a small. It was a small world. I knew them all. We all <laughs> knew course. each other. Of course. So moving on. Right? From Buzzworthy. Hope you guys are buzzing with both. If you have any Buzzworthy things and you're like, I want to hear your opinion, then please, 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 you can tweet us at the BA Podcast. Go to Brown Ambition on Facebook. And you can email us at brownambitionpodcast at (laughs) gmail.com. Boom. I hope I got that right. I think so. So it is now time for round break. The best time of the day. Don't we have like somebody special did something special for us? Oh, yeah. We have a little. Oh, yeah. One of our listeners. Oh, now I'm going to forget her name. I had it up and now I forgot it. One of our listeners came up with a little jingle, like a little brown break song. And I want to play it for you guys. It's super sweet. Okay. Yeah. So here it is. This, This jingle is from Quinn. Um, I don't want to send her last name or say her last name just in case she doesn't want me putting her on blast like that. But thank you so much, Quinn. And here's her little jingle. I need a brown break, baby. All I need is a brown break. Wasn't that cute? Yes. Quinn, you got a great voice. I love it. I would love for people to send in some brown ambition, uh, uh, not brown ambition, brown break jingles, because, you know, we don't have the best voices, although you can't tell me that. Um, <laughs> no, one of my friends is like, can you guys stop singing, actually? Like, oh, hate her. <laughs> I'm going to do the Jersey clap, first of all. She is. But, you know, your friends always tell you the truth. I know. But, I mean, you know, a little song here and there. I mean, I can see maybe we won't have a full out musical like we did that last song. I'm doing our last podcast, but I mean, I don't, I like a little jig here and there. But even if you can't sing, just send us some, if you have a brown break that you want to take, yes. love to share them on air. We've gotten some pretty quirky ones. Some people want to take a break from millennials. Ooh, that I have... take offense to. <laughs> That's actually my brown break. Oh yeah. That, let's go right into it. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. So my brown break is not, I'm not taking a break from millennials, the individuals. I'm taking a break from the word millennials. So for those of you who are unaware, millennials are like the new boomers. Uh, They're born between the ages of 1983 and the year 2001. Um, And I don't know, you know, it's just so annoying. Everything is millennials, 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 millennials. It's like nobody wants to advertise or speak to or reach out to any other age group. The millennials are just like the only thing people are talking about. And I'm sick of it. Am I hating? Yes, I am. (laughs) 
Go ahead. There's always this obsession with the younger generation yeah. to like, oh, what do they want? What kind of jeans are they wearing? Where are they shopping? Yeah. But like, they don't even have the money to spend in your stores. Like, their parents or – I mean, whatever. Like, older millennials, obviously, we have money. We were, like, professionals. But I'm like, maybe there's no reason why you shouldn't be targeting, like, the Gen Xs. You're not obsolete yet, Tiff. You're still relevant. I know. Well, you know, yeah, I just, I just, important. I just missed the millennial mark off by not too much, but still, I'm just, you know what it is? I guess I'm just so sick of like people acting like there's no other like demographic population that this is like the, the it population. And then like in 10 years, it'll be the new, whatever they'll call the babies, babies below you guys. But yeah, I'm just so sick of that word millennial and I'm willing and able to take a brown break from that word. I don't want to hear it. I'm just going to call you guys, hey, you. Well, now it's Gen Z. <laughs> What's Who's Gen Z? That's below? Then That's Gen like... Z is like my little brother. He's uh, 1992. I think it's like the 90s babies. Okay. That's what we're going to call them. I Those met the... someone who was born in 98 and they're like a teenager. I'm like, oh my what God. is happening? What? In 98, I was like graduating high school. Oh, my God. Well. I, <laughs> I was still young. <laughs> Okay, okay, we can get on this side. I can't I wait know. to welcome you. I know. I already feel welcome, that way, though. I I'm going to welcome you with Bengay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to welcome you with um, mom jeans. I already wear <laughs> and use those items. Do you know what I, you know what I had my first experience? Well, not my first, but like I was thinking, you know, they're making a new, um, a new Dirty Dancing remake. Oh, are they? Abigail, with Abigail Breslin. It's going to be on TV. I think ABC Family or something like that. But I'm like, it pains me to think that some young women, some young girls out there, that's going to be their first Dirty Dancing. Like, yeah, they're not going to know Patrick Swayze and Jennifer. What's uh, her face? That was like the best movie ever. Uh, it still is so bad yet so good. <laughs> I know, right? Has it, has anybody called you ma'am yet? Ma'am? Well, I'm from the south, so. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, the first time that happened, I was like, who are they talking to? <gasps> Not me. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, when someone says, like, oh, no, ask the lady. I remember the first time that happened. I was, like, in my late Oh, 20s. ask the lady. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, the lady? Who's that? Wait, I'm the lady? I'm a girl. <laughs> oh, the buzzwords of getting older. <laughs> yeah, it's a valid brown break. Yes. So what about you? What are you breaking from? Uh, you know, I'm going to do... I, I, I want to do this in a, in a diplomatic way, as I like to do all things, not p- <laughs> as pissing off as few people as possible. But like, I've only been engaged for a couple weeks, and I'm trying. To, I'm cool about it. It's cool, you know. It's awesome. Love is real. Marriage <laughs> is great. But what I I didn't expect is people. What I was afraid of is people being like so enthusiastic and like grabbing me in the hallways and like you know making a big scene. And I'm kind of shy when it comes to this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But in some cases, what I've gotten is people like dumping their baggage on me like their marriage and like wedding baggage on me like I've heard people tell you know complain about oh well when you get married such and such happens or like you know mm. this anymore like like oh well it's very expensive you know don't spend so much on the wedding it's really expensive and you only got like a half and half chance of anyway whoa you know, like actual and then uh one person when I told I was engaged one person I actually was excited to tell um her the first thing she said was why now and I'm like, because he wanted to marry me now? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's been a, yeah, I mean, I'm not letting it get to me, but I just, I feel like it's making me even more cognizant of how, because I think in New York, especially, it's like, you know, women, you're supposed to be all about your career and you come here to really further yourself and, 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 you know, on a personal level. And then like relationships are great, but they're not like, you know, no one's coming here to get their MRS degree. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the initial 
reaction is always like, oh, someone else is getting engaged. Like marriage is so lame. Um, and anyway, and I, I'm not going to lie. I've, I've rolled my eyes at, you know, the, the, all the engagement posts and like awkward engagement photos people post on Facebook, but it's made me realize that like, you should be more careful of your words around someone who's, you know, making this huge like leap or this huge change. Yeah. In life, you know, because they're so. excited and as you should be, it's a beautiful, amazing thing. And I feel like sometimes it's like the, the negativity re- like screams louder than the positivity because yeah. like. You know, because I like I know so many people who are in great relationships, but it's like they don't talk about it much unless you know them really personally. But people who are not, those are the ones that you hear all the time. And you're like, is that it? Is that how it's going to be? No. You know, two people decide for themselves. The best thing I did as as I got older, like in relationships, is stop asking my friends for advice on every little thing that my partner did. You know what mm. I mean? Like he said this, but what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, that's just like more noise that you don't need. Yes. So you just got to tune out because at the end of the day, it's you and that person. Yes. It's so important to keep like one of my best friends. She's got a great relationship. And honestly, I can count on one hand that any time that we've discussed like him and honestly, and even then it's been like very light. And so I've just learned from her that like, you know what? Keep it that way. They're so great together. I mean, they've been together forever. Whenever I see them, I'm like, wow, it's like they just started dating. They're just like fun together. They laugh. I mean, they've been together forever. And I'm just like, wow, there's still such lightness here. And I'm, I know there had to have been a lot of ups and downs, but I don't personally know mm-hmm. because she's been very good at keeping that. And so I've mimicked that with Superman that like, you know, to keep those things, even with my close friends to myself, because ultimately what does my sister have to do with what's happening? You know, with, yeah. a, you know, unless like you're in an abusive relationship, then of course tell and ask for help. But if you guys are just going through normal relationship ups and downs and, oh, we had an argument or I don't like the way he said that. And I asked him if I look fat and he didn't say no right away. Like those are things you can keep to yourself. <laughs> Plus, don't you know, I was always that girlfriend who's like, oh, he showed up five minutes late. We hate him now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then once you forgave him, like, oh, you forgave him already? God, you're weak. Like, I used to judge people so harsh. I don't know why. So, uh, yeah, I feel like definitely you don't want to – because your friends will always stand – like, if, you know, good friends will always – like, if you are upset at somebody, they will be ten times more upset. You know what I mean? And And it's hard for people to get past that. And exactly. You don't want your friends looking at your guy like, "Mm, we'll see how long you last. I heard about you yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, really protect that. So I say, you know, and plus, listen, I come from a broken home many times. Like I have enough of my own hangups about marriage. Like it's a huge accomplishment that I'm even like in a space where I feel confident in getting married. And I just feel like you don't know what someone's personal story is when you, you know, lay your own baggage on them. So brown break for the marriage haters. (laughs) You millennial marriage haters, no more from you. It hasn't, it hasn't been millennials, you know? I know. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. <laughs> millennials I'm trying to, are the ones who are excited. I'm trying to blend the, our brown bricks together. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Got it. Sorry. <laughs> I, I see what you did now. I, I caught up. <laughs> what about some, some, no, it's not time for wins. It's time for tips, man. Tips. Um, I think for tips this week, so we had a reader question and she really wanted to know, her name's Lena, I believe. Lena wants to know if we can recommend books that have been essential or monumental to our careers. If you can't choose one, could we start sharing a recommended book for listeners at the end of each show? 
Oh, I actually like that idea. Lena, you is smart. You is intelligent. You is special. People do read books. See? Yeah, I know. And honestly, I like look, I'm looking at my Kindle right now. So I'm a Kindle snob. I'm like, ugh, Kindle fire. You might as well just get another laptop. I like my Kindle, um, what is it called? Paper white. You're a purist. Like, yeah, yes, paper white I too. I, love I it. am. I'm like, I just want my Kindle just for reading. If I need all that other stuff, I just use my cell phone. Um, but I, somebody did, I, I won an award and I got a free Kindle fire that's still in the packaging. So someone's getting that for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, regifting's okay. What? Totally. Okay. <laughs> totally. Um, so I'll give you my top two. Well, I have a bunch of books that I love, but I'll give you two, Lena, to start with. One, um, The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. It is one of my favorite books of all time. To me, if you are like chasing a dream, it's just like a great book to read for if you're kind of like in that mindset. He really talks about the book is a it's a fiction book about a journey of a young boy, but it's so beautifully written. There's so many quotables. It's actually like one of the best selling books of all time, um, Paolo Coelho's book. And if you just read it, just take your time. Almost everyone that I know that's read it, it's like, oh, my gosh, I love that book. And and what he really just what you really learn at the end is that the journey and the dream of, are one and the same. And to really like how do you go forth in life and making sure that the thing you're striving for is also in alignment in the way you're striving for it. So The Alchemist, like Al Chemist by Paolo Coelho. And my second book I'll suggest to you is The Four Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Um, Ferriss with an F. I love that book because Tim Ferriss is what it's part of. Well, he coined this term, the new rich. So the old rich were this. You work, 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 then you get old and then you retire and you live this good life. Tim Ferriss is like, well, I don't want to have to be old to enjoy money, enjoy life. So he said, I want to be the new rich, you know. Instead, Tim Ferriss believes that you should take many retirements throughout your life, like working really hard, taking a break, working really hard, taking a break. Um, or just redesigning or, or practicing lifestyle design where you are actively designing your life to be what you want it to be. And in the four hour work week, he teaches you how to do so through delegation, automation, all of these great tools. He, it's, he, I use that book to help me build the budget Nista and like design the life that I'm living now. And that like, you know, I work for myself and I travel a lot and I enjoy what I do. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're, even if you're not looking to start a business, it's just a great book for anyone who's kind of like, I don't want to live the traditional like trajectory of life of working really hard and and retiring when I'm old. I want to have fun now. Yes, please. Yeah. Those are my two. What about you, Mandy? I need to read both of those books. Um, those are books that I've always heard about, but I've never like gotten around to. Meanwhile, I've been reading Harry Potter series like five times. <laughs> yeah. like, when am I going to have time? I mean, between these um, Harry Potter books. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad. I'm such a nerd. And I'm, here I am like critiquing all these Star Wars fans who are like geeking out. Meanwhile, that was that was me when Harry Potter came into theories, <laughs> theaters. But I love um, Harry Potter, so I've read them all too, but go ahead. Yes. Um, so I thought about this, and this is one of my favorite books, and I discovered it because when I started doing personal finance – I had no idea what I was doing, and I kind of learned by trial and error. And um, one of the books I came across, which happens to be free, uh, is called Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. This Mm -hmm. book is almost a century old. It might even be. No, it was written in the 30s, the 1930s. Um, So it's over, what, 70 years old? This book, like literally Think and Grow Rich, it is free because it's out of the public. It's in the public domain. You you can Google Think and Grow Rich PDF. You can download the PDF, print it out, whatever you want. It is the most basic and smart personal finance advice. It is – if you read any personal finance book today – 
I mean, Tony from, from Tim Ferriss probably to like Tony Robbins to Susie Orman to Dave Ramsey. All of those principles are, are literally come from this book, Napoleon mm. Hill. I'm not saying they're pulling from them, but if you, do, if, you, if you read personal finance books long enough, a lot of things repeat themselves, right? Like automate your savings, have mm-hmm. a goal, have a plan for your goal, yep. look ahead to the future. And he interviewed 500 millionaires mm-hmm. to find the success formula. Now, if you've read the, the um, synopsis of Tony Robbins' new incredibly powerful, incredibly successful new book, it's basically the same concept. Mm-hmm. No, no shade to Tony Robbins, but I'm saying like if you want the free version and a shorter one, by the way, um, Napoleon Hill's <laughs> Thinking Grow Rich is awesome, um, and and he's just a fascinating person too. If you want to read about him, he was born into poverty. Um, in like Virginia and uh, the fact that he grew up to become an advisor to Andrew Carnegie Mm. um, and sold over 7 million copies of this book. Like there's a reason he sold that many. I love thinking grow rich. I kind of want to reread it. I mean, it's not like the sexiest book, but it's so simple and so basic. Mm. And the fact that you can get a PDF of it and it's, you know, it really, it really has like those main primary tenets. There was a book on my desk today I got called the index card which is coming out, written by, oh, another really good author, Helene Olin. Okay. This book is called The Index Card, and it's supposed to, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the idea that all the personal finance advice you need can fit onto an index card. I believe that. Yes. And so that's kind of what I'm talking about here, like these basic tenets, like all these personal finance books, it's more about finding the flavor that works for you. Yes. Because they all should be telling you similar same, things. Yep. You know same, what I mean? So like spend less than you make, you know, invest, automate. You're right. That like, unless some new technology comes out, then it's basically the same. Ten- it's almost like, like, um, like the health food, like the health industry, right? Mm-hmm. Like exercise, eat right. Um, and eat in moderation. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I mean, so what is someone going to tell me unless you come up with some like some magic thing, some new technology that totally changes the game. But other than that, you just have to eat in moderation, eat some vegetables every once in a while and move your body. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I would love to start, we can share some more books. I, I, I'm sitting here thinking of so many more that I could talk about. So yeah, me too. I was like, Ooh, I have doing this. That. we should I have this book and that book. I'm like, Oh, I read. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mandy, it's that time again. It's time for the feel-good section portion of the BA podcast. It's time for wins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you have a good win. Sorry, I'm, I went deaf in one ear. I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> See how Mandy tried to come to me? You know what? I didn't even do my hey, hey, hey. I forgot. See? Oh, it's been a while. I know. And you guys didn't even remind me. Come on, BA listeners. It makes it more um, special if you do it every once in a while. <laughs> oh, really? You see how Manny's trying yeah. to shut me down again? That's not what it... Okay. <laughs> Someone's a little sensitive tonight. <laughs> so did you want to go first? I know you had a really great win, or did you want me to go first? Um, I can go first. Okay. I, wanted to, I wanted to shout out Issa Rae. Okay. My girl Issa Rae, um, uh, Adventures of an Awkward Black Girl. Did you ever watch that YouTube series? Of course. So funny. Oh, God. So she's coming out with her own podcast. Ooh. Well, first of all, she has a TV show coming on HBO. So that's huge. Which is going to be already pretty huge. Um, by the way, if you're listening, Issa Rae's friends or cousins or publicist, we're trying to get her to come on the podcast. Yeah. I heard that she's been tied up with the show is what we've heard back. So maybe y'all should tweet at Issa Rae and tell her to come on the Brown Ambition podcast. Yeah. That'd be awesome. 
But anyway, she has a new, so the TV show's coming out. This new podcast sounds really cool. It's not just going to be like her talking. It's called Fruit. It debuts in February, and um, it's going to be an original fiction-based podcast centered around a person called X, a football player who's gay. I'm okay. guessing it's a guy. I don't know. Um, which sounds really unique and interesting. I don't know. I just love her. I just love her point of view. I think it's so different. Um, and uh, I'm excited that she's like finding another platform to tell her stories. Yeah, that's good. I mean, isn't right. It's just, it's just so dope. Cause I remember like, I don't remember how many years ago it was, but my sister, one of my sisters saying, Oh my God, you totally have to watch this girl on YouTube. She's just like us. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I remember the first episode she showed me, Issa Rae was like in the car, like <laughs> rapping to gangster rap as somebody pulled up. And I'm like, that is so me. The least gangster person, you know, <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the car, like, you know, like just thugged out in the car until someone pulls up and you're like, hi, how you doing? <laughs> My favorite. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. My That's favorite it. episode is the stapler where she has to go to anger management where is she like someone I forget she she like takes a stapler and threatens to like kill somebody with it in the office like she has one of her awkward outbursts and then she has to go to anger management um that's where she meets white jay <laughs> oh it's a, we love Classic. you oh also she has a book out too that's right she does i saw it like on um i think one of my favorite podcasters crystal or and or kid fury didn't they like host her party in new york i was like thanks Did for they? the invite I don't know. Thanks for the invite, Kid Fury. If you know Kid Fury, you just let him know that his, like, he feels about Beyonce the way he feels about Beyonce. I feel about him. (laughs) He'll know what that means. (laughs) He's the most. Um, I have her book on my, I have her book about my nightstand. I need to pick that up. Oh my God. I have too many. Shonda Rhimes' book. (laughs) (laughs) You have to get on, you have to get like Audible or something that like, so you can listen to them. That's true. I should do that. All right. Well, that's my, that's my win. What's your win? No, but I thought you had like a special award that you got. Oh, I already forgot since we recorded this already. (laughs) I forgot what I said. (laughs) Yeah. I was like a hint, hint, nudge, nudge. (laughs) Oh yeah. I got a toot. I got a toot, toot my own horn real quick. Mm -hmm. So, um, at Yahoo, which is a company with like a gajillion, bajillion people, it's, if it's really, if anyone works at a company, you know, it's really hard to feel like your work is valued and like you're noticed and stuff. But this week, this past week, um, our global editor-in-chief, Martha Nelson, who, by the way, uh, was the first woman to ever be editor-in-chief of Time, Inc., and, by the way, started InStyle Magazine and renovated, uh, reinvigorated People.com, huge, huge media icon. She presented me with a Media Excellence Award at Yahoo for having one of the highest, um, for having a couple of, like, the really high-ranking high stories the past six months. Um, and it was, it was really, it was just, like, a really special, unexpected moment. That's and, awesome. Uh, so, yay. It felt so really next, good. Next time you see Mandy, you have to ask for her autograph. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> she's gonna be wearing glasses and you can't ride the elevator with her you have to ride separately <laughs> right <laughs> we'll call you mandy wintour i did win i did win a uh, an apple tv which i actually have no use for i might re-gift it <laughs> don't tell Ooh, i know for sure what i'm the queen of and especially if it's something good i mean that's a good one I'm going to try to pry it out of uh, my fiance's hands because he's really attached to it. Although we do not need it. We have like three other mechanisms for watching Hulu on our television. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? He's like, no, he's like, it's new. It's like That's gadgets. What, yeah, no, we don't need any more gadgets. Um, my win is um, that Daniel, Hol- what is it? Holtzowitz? Holtzclaw. 
Holtzclaw. Um, I know, right? That um, that police officer that um, he uh, raped or molested or sodomized, just just a myriad of sexual Assault. um, crime assaults against uh, women of color in Ohio, right? It was Ohio? Yeah, it was Ohio. Wait, no, no, no. Remember, we made, we made this mistake before. It's Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, because remember I was like, Ohio, you suck. And then I read... Oh, yeah. Well, now I'm not. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Oklahoma. One of the O's. Sorry, states. (laughs) We we know things. (laughs) And um, yeah, it was Oklahoma City. Okay, And so he was found guilty. And I watched the video in the verdict as it was being read. And I don't know. It just really struck me as strange that he was like crying hysterically. I don't know. I just like but and not even crying out of remorse. That's, I guess that's what struck me, that a lot of times when, you know, you see people, they get really upset when they realize they're going to go to jail for a long time. You can kind of see they're like, oh, man, what a mistake. This is terrible. Why did I do this? But he was really crying out of, like, self-pity. Like, oh, my life. I'm like, you raped and Mm -hmm. sodomized and assaulted all all of these women, and now you're crying out of self-pity? I don't know. It just really just... I mean, and usually I feel bad for people when they're feeling bad, but I didn't. I just was disgusted, honestly, by him. And oh, there was this great quote, and I meant to pull it up. But basically, his lawyer was uh, trying to defend him. Like, he was diligent. He was a good guy. He was, uh, like, honest, and he had integrity. Um, he might have been a little overzealous in practicing the law as a police officer, but where would we be without men like him? And someone, one of the women said, we'd be safe, safe. And I just thought, wow, that's very telling. And I hope that he spends a long, long, long time away from the public because he's a danger to people. Well, to women of color anyway, he's a danger. It means so much when you, especially in the year, the last two years we've had as far as like coverage of uh, police violence against um, African-Americans in general, it's nice to see someone finally be held accountable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we just saw this week the same – well, this happened a week or so ago, but just recently Freddie Gray's trial was declared a mistrial. And I'm like, how can you take someone into custody and between the time that you handcuff him and he rides to the police station, he's broken his neck and died and yet yeah. no one's accountable? Yeah, that's – just the like, jury's it, hung. The jury's confused. Like those, yeah, are like, like very, uh, uh, yeah, like uh, necks get facts. broken. You know, I've known people who've just been standing there and nothing's happened to them. Their neck has just magically Snapped. snapped. So, like, what does that even mean? It's only because of the color of his skin that there's even a question that some police mis- misconduct took place. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't think you know. It's so crazy that I guess it's hard for people who are not brown to wrap their mind around what it what it must feel like when people think that bad things ought to happen to you because of how you look or that you must have done something to bring this about. I don't think that, you know, people who are not Brown can fully appreciate what that feels like coming up where you, I have to think to myself sometimes like, well, I don't know. Like if I, if I say something about this, you know, maybe a shop girl followed me or whatever, or maybe someone like yelled at me or cursed me out or call me like the N word, like, you know, is anyone going to believe me one? Or like, even when I was in school, I went to school with like, my school was like very not diverse. I had, think I had like one other Brown girl in my middle school, my best friend, Veronica. Mm. And things would happen. I remember like finding out that Veronica was like suspended in like sixth or seventh grade for fighting a boy. 
And I, I, it was like, what, Veronica? And when I went to her house after school, I'm like, what happened? She was like, we were sitting in history class. They were talking about slavery. And one of the boys who was not brown, he was white, said, oh, like if you, if this was back in the day, you'd be a slave, N word. And the, and the teacher said nothing. And so Veronica looked at the teacher, looked at the boy, nothing was said. Like, no chastising, no, don't say that, or that's terrible, go to the principal. So, see, the thing is, if they knew Veronica like I knew Veronica, he would have took a step back. Because <laughs> Veronica is not the one. So she said, I got up, and I jumped on him. <laughs> and I told him that, like, and you know what? It's a shame that, like, but why does a sixth grader have to be the one to tell a boy that that's not okay? And, like, you know, but, of course, she's the one who got suspended. I mean, she, you know, she, she shouldn't have like, you know, jumped on him, but at the same time he should have got suspended too, but he did not. And so, yeah, I don't think the people who don't live in this skin basically can fully appreciate what that feels like to know that you always come from a place of guilt and have to work your way to innocence in the eyes of the public. You know, that's, that's absolutely true. And I mean, I have white family, my mother's white and she'll never understand fully, but I completely believe that you can want to understand or at least be open to listening. Like I think yeah. listening is so important. Like sometimes you just, you just got to shut up and listen. Mm-hmm. Haven't we said this before? Like white people, white, white <laughs> anybody in general, just shut up and listen. Like for, I'm really proud of this at, at Yahoo, um, on Yahoo finance, we just put up a story today, a video where we had six or seven, um, wi- uh, women, men and women, professionals of color, for, you know, around the New York area come into the studio and we just asked them, you know, what is it like being the only one in your office or being a minority in your office today. And it was fascinating how different each of their stories were. You know, one woman's like, oh, I'm a Latina, so everyone thinks that I can dance and I'm sassy. (laughs) Um, One of the people in the video is my friend from college, Tammy, and she's, you know, talking about how she's a black woman. She's incredibly accomplished. She works for the New York Times. And she's saying how I have to be careful not to raise my voice or someone will just think, even if I'm passionate about something, their immediate yes. thought will be, oh, you're just an angry black woman. Yes. You know? Um, so I would say like, you know, you can watch, you can read, you can watch, you can listen and you can learn. You may not feel it a hundred percent, but you can at least appreciate that. And I think that will, that can do a world of difference, make a world of difference. Yeah. I'm hoping like that the way that kids are growing up now that, I mean, you can't help but be um, injected with the fact that people are different and, you know, you can't hide anymore in like an all white neighborhood or all this neighborhood or, you know, you, you you're forced. Try, but we'll find you. <laughs> exactly. Like <laughs> we're what? coming. Exactly. Through your ear, like whether it's music, whether it's social media, you know, by the, the year world. 2042 majority minorities in America. Ooh, majority minority. Majority. Like it's mm. happening. Get on board. Isn't it so crazy that we have to even say the fact that, the that someone is a majority by definition means that they cannot be a minority and yet that's the word that's still used right you know oh oh ba people what are we gonna do with this world <laughs> keep being fabulous i know what they're gonna do they're gonna email us at yes. an ambition podcast if you have any questions career questions personal finance questions christmas questions oh my god it's christmas time i know we have one more show before I- the holiday I know. It's a little gift to you. A little, if you, you know, I'd love to know what you guys are getting people for Christmas or how you're dealing with that. I'm not even going to lie. I have not purchased not one 
Christmas gift. It's not because I'm like the, the cheap budgetista. It's because I hate Christmas shopping, honestly. Oh, oh, someone's in and, trouble. Right, woo, woo. And on that <laughs> note, we're out. They're coming for Mandy. They're coming for Mandy. <laughs> All right, have a good night. We'll see All you right. guys next week. All right, bye. Talk to you guys later. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.